Thank you, Father, that you, that you inhabit the praises of your people. Father, we thank you that you visit us through the manifestation of the presence of the Spirit of God. Father, we thank you that your glory is your Spirit. Thank you, Father. And Father, all things that we have need of come from the presence of your Spirit. Healing, Father. Deliverance. Power, Father. Might and protection. All things come through the manifestation of your Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. If you need uh, prayer for your physical body, if you're dealing with sickness and disease, you know there's healing in His presence. There's healing in the glory, power, glory of God. So if you'd like prayer for your for any physical ailment today, you'll come forward. We'll pray for you. And the power of God will cause and effect a healing and cure in your physical body. Thank you, Father, for the glory of God. Thank you, Father, the glory of God. The glory of God. Thank you, Father. Your glory, Father manifest glory of God. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you. Father, our faith is in the manifest presence of the Spirit of God. Eternal life, Father, is found in the presence of God. Healing and deliverance, Father, is found in the glory of God. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Father, we thank you that your presence affects a healing and a cure in every joint of this body. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the presence of Almighty God. In the name of I speak life and health to this body. Body, you will straighten up. And you will align yourself with the will and plan of God. And be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the glory of God. We thank you, Father, for the glory of the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the glory of God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that your glory will affect a healing and a cure in this body stronger, Father, and more at rest, Father, every day. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. And Father, we thank you for the 
the divine presence of your spirit manifested in this physical body. Father, we thank you. This body is well and strong and able to accomplish your will in the earth, empowered by the presence of God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you the healing power of God. The glory of God. There's healing in your glory. Father, I thank you. I speak life and health to this body. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for regeneration. Father, I thank you that your eternal life dwells in this physical body. Father, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in this body. Father, if you can bring a dead body back to life, you can cause a living body, Father, to be well and strong, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Strong and healthy in Jesus' name. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you. We thank you, Father, for the indwelling spirit that causes a healing and a cure in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. From the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Healed in Jesus' name. that have been temporarily fixed will be permanently fixed in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you from temporary to permanent in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you.
Father, I thank you. I speak to the cells, Father, in this moment. You said speak to the cells. To the cells, Father, that have been lying dormant. To come alive. So in the name of Jesus, every cell in this body that's not doing the work designed, you come alive in the name of Jesus. Every cell, every function that is not doing its job, speak life to you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every cell become alive, designed by God to work and function. In the name of Jesus, every cell, every cell, life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Your glory brings life. And Father, I thank you that your glory will go into this physical body. The life of God will go into this physical body. And reanimate every cell that has died, that needs to be alive. In the name of Jesus, we command you to be so. Father, I thank you eternal life of God dwells in this physical body. And it will affect a healing and a cure. And every function, and every self, according to your word. We thank you, God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. God. The Lord is good. Amen. You know, Romans chapter 8 talks about uh, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, it'll quicken our mortal bodies. But over in Romans chapter 6, it says that the glory of God raised Jesus from the dead. So anytime that you talk about the glory of God, you really talk about the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. So it's not like it's a new thing or it's a different part of God. It's just God in manifestation. Amen. And I don't mean just God to, to belittle it. Um, but sometimes we kind of hyper-spiritualize things and come up with things that don't really exist. But anytime the glory of God, you know, indwells a building, because it can indwell a building, indwell the, uh, indwell the tabernacle, the, the, uh, uh, the temple in the Old Testament, it's just the manifest presence of, of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? And anytime you see that in the Old Testament and the New Testament, anything about the glory or the presence of God, it's always talking about the Holy Spirit specifically. Amen? Uh, and so we desire the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes. We want the Holy Spirit to be a manifestation. We want to uh, allow the Spirit of God to feel welcome into our place. Amen. Uh, and, um, you know, the Holy Spirit is the most powerful force in all of the universe. And yet, uh, uh, you know, sometimes our attitudes and our hearts will cause them to just fly away, you know. Uh, and so thank God around here we, we get to welcome him on a regular basis. Amen. 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 And so uh, there have been times when 
Sometimes, you know, we'll fuss and fight on the way to church and come into church and bring all that fuss and fighting into church. Well, the Spirit of God, He's going to stay at home, you know. And uh, I've never done it, but one of these days I'm thinking about, you know, if, if I sense the Spirit of God just leaves, I'll just, well, He's leaving, I'm going with Him, you know. <laughs> just go on out the door and people are like, where'd He go? Well, I'm going with Him, you know. He's not sticking around, I'm not sticking around. It's the, one of the worst things in the world. This only happened maybe two or three times since I've been pastoring, but uh, uh, it's a tough, when He leaves, Man, it's tough. It's, it's, uh, it's tough when he leaves, you know. Uh, and um, uh, so I don't know if, it's, if it's, uh, uh, it'd be appropriate for me to leave or not. But, you know, I mean, if it, he left, it seemed like it'd be, you know, we ought to leave, right? Maybe we ought to just leave and just, you know, leave the people that are just not, not right with God. Let, let them stay here, right? And we'll go out in the yard out there and, and uh, preach the gospel out there. Amen. Uh, and so <laughs> we haven't done that. So we'll, we'll just leave that alone. Amen. And so praise God. Um, well, we've been talking about overcoming and, uh, and our, of course, our, our foundation scripture is in uh, John chapter 16. And so we'll read that and we'll get over to uh, where the Lord had us to go. In John chapter 16, the last verse of the, of the chapter says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace, and in the world you shall have tribulation. So we have peace because a word was spoken. So Jesus speaks the word that all is well, and so therefore we can be at peace. And people say, well, I can't have peace. Well, then you haven't heard what was spoken. Because if you heard what was spoken, you would be at peace. Amen. And so many times, you know, uh, we kind of tell off on ourselves without realizing we're telling off on ourselves. Amen. Well, I can't have peace. Oh, well, then you need to hear what Jesus said. What's that got to do with anything? He said if you heard what was spoken, you'd have peace. Amen. Pretty good deal, right? Uh, In the world, you shall have tribulation. Well, you can't have peace in the midst of tribulation. Well, he said you could. Uh, If he said you could, then can you? Oh, my life is so hard. Everybody's against me. Oh, well, then you're a perfect candidate for peace because, you know, you got peace. If, you do, if there's no tribulation, surely you can have peace. Uh, but if you got tribulation, then, then you can have peace uh, given to you by the Lord Jesus. So in the world, you shall have tribulation. Not maybe, not possibly, not just every now and then, but, uh, or maybe never. Uh, but you will have it. Amen. He didn't say how much you'd have. Maybe you got just a little bit of tribulation. But he said there will be tribulation. Uh, and so notice he said you can have peace before he said there's going to be tribulation. Because if he started out with ch- talking about you having tribulation, that's the last thing you'd hear. You know, a lot of times you'd all oh, he said we're going to have tribulation. All oh, we're going to have tribulation. Well, that's true. He did say that. But before that, he said you can have peace. Amen. And so, uh, you know, he's setting you up because he said, well, you're going to have peace. And about, oh, thank God we can have peace. Oh, but you're also going to have tribulation. Uh, and then so many times we forget everything else that was said. Uh, well, he said we're going to have tribulation. Yes, but he said we'll have peace. Amen. So can you be at peace in the midst of your tribulation? That's, ex- that's the whole point of him saying it in this order, right? So that you can have peace in the midst of your tribulation. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, of course, we've been on this one verse uh, for I don't know how many weeks now, but uh, we keep mining things out of this one verse. Amen. Keep finding good things out of this verse uh, because there's a lot of good things in, in, in this verse. Amen. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And that's, that's why we started with this verse. I have overcome the world. Amen. Be of good cheer. Amen. Uh, so can you be of good cheer? When everything is perfect and fine? Well, sure you can. But can you be of good cheer when there's tribulation? Sure you can. Because he said you could have, right? Uh, why? Because he has overcome the world. So you've got the answer. Amen. You've got the, the answer of all of your problems are in the Lord Jesus. So if you have the answer to all of your problems in, uh, because of the Lord Jesus... And he has overcome the whole world. Why can't you be of good cheer? You have the capacity to be of good cheer in all circumstances of your life. Amen. Because he's the great deliverer. And so the Lord had led me to, to start with that verse. And then, then to really end up over in the book of Revelation. 
to look at uh, the seven churches that he talked to. And uh, he was talking to these seven churches and, and seems like if he was talking to these churches that uh, aren't we the church? Then whatever he's told these, ch- these churches seems like it would be uh, appropriate to find out what he said to the churches and learn from them. Amen. Uh, m- uh, many of them, he had some good things to say about them and some things for them to straighten up about. Uh, well, you reckon there, there, there's some good things in every church? Probably just about in every church. Now, one of the churches, he couldn't find anything good to say about him. Now, you know, your mama said, if you can't find anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Jesus doesn't live by that particular statement. Amen. He says whatever needs to be said. Amen. Now, now some people only want to find bad things, you know, and that's all they ever say. You know, well, all the rotten things you've done. Well, what about the good things? Yeah, well, I don't care about those. No, Jesus, if he could find some good things to say about him, he did. Amen. And if he had some things for them to straighten up, you know, some bad things to say about him, he said those things too. Amen. Uh, now, you have to be led by the Spirit of God. You are not the sheriff of the body of Christ. Your job is not to run around and tell everybody all their faults and failures, you know, uh, because the, uh, the biggest thing that you need in your life is a mirror. Amen. Uh, once you've dealt with all the things that you see in the mirror, then maybe you'd have time to go tell somebody else. But this is the head of the church. He has the right to do that. Amen. Uh, and, and so uh, is there any need uh, for the church to, to be uh, corrected and to be chastised? Well, sometimes there is. Amen. Uh, and, and, you know, but, but that's all you do. You might be out of balance in your, in your life, amen? Uh, because Jesus did say, hey, you're doing a great job over here. You know, it seems like sometimes in ministry we have a hard time telling anybody, hey, you've done a good job. Well, you know, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to worship them. Well, you don't worship them. You're just saying you, you did a good job, amen? Are you bound down and, and declaring their deity? No, you're just telling them, hey, you did a good job. Thanks for, thanks for all the work. Uh, you know, there's my friend Jacob. I tell Jacob all the time, you're doing a great job, Jacob, you know? <laughs> And so, uh, you know, it's okay every now and then to tell somebody they do, 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 they're doing a good job. Amen. You know, my pastor struggled with that. I think I was with him 20 years. And I don't guess he ever told me uh, in the 20 years, you know, that's three services a week, 150 services a, a year. Right. So that's uh, 20 years. That's 3000 services. You know, I don't think in the 3000 services he ever told me I did a good job running a sound. You know, and he told me many times I wasn't doing a good job. Uh, but, um, you know. Uh, three th- you think out of 3,000 times I did a good job at least once, right? Maybe one time, I don't know, you know, maybe twice in a good day. It was probably three times in a row. Uh, but, um, you know, and now I'm not mad at him. You know, I don't, I don't have to be told I'm doing a good job, amen? I don't live for being told uh, you did a good job. Oh, and now I can go on, you know. Uh, I don't need it, but it doesn't hurt to have it, amen? Uh, and so Jesus told him uh, many times you did a great job, amen? Uh, even here in the church that we're in, the, the, the uh, uh, church of Thyatira here, in chapter 2, uh, starting in verse 18. Uh, but he said, you know, he said, I know thy works, thy charity, thy service, thy faith, thy patience, and your, your increased works, even more than you had from the beginning. That's pretty good, right? He said, I know, I know you're, you're doing a good job in some of these areas. Uh, you know, that's okay, amen? Uh, we should never be afraid to tell somebody they've done a good job. And sometimes uh, uh, either bosses or sometimes ministers feel like, you know, we're not, we, we should have to tell you you're doing a good job. Well, I understand that if, if you can only do a good job, if you're being told a good, you're doing a good job, then you're really not a servant of the, of the Lord. Amen. A servant of the Lord doesn't need to be told. But at the same time, uh, you know, those that, that are in kind of leadership, it's okay to tell the folks that are working for you they're doing a good job. Amen. Because that's the example that the head of the church gave to us. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, but he also told them, you know, you're, you're also dealing with, uh, Jezebel, right? That evil Jezebel lady, right? She's, she's messing up the church. Uh, but, you know, we, and we went through the things that they, they talk, told about the church at Thyatira. But one of the things that he told them to do 
Uh, of course, he told them the first to repent if they've been hanging out with Jezebel. You know, sometimes you've got to do some repenting if you're hanging around with the wrong people. You know, for me personally, I'm really particular about who I hang around with. You know, I just, I just, I don't like hanging around carnal Christians, you know, and uh, people just, you know, uh, do things that just uh, are ungodly. And, well, you know, I mean, I remember years ago, uh, there'd be folks at the church, they'd tell dirty jokes at church, you know, vulgar jokes, right? I'm not talking about a, a pig fell in a mud puddle dirty jokes. I'm talking about, you know, dirty jokes that, you know, only adults should hear and not even adults, you know, really carnal adults. Now, they'd tell them at, at church, in church, tell dirty jokes at church. And I'd be, I, you know, I, I hear my mother calling. I'd leave, you know, I'd, I'd walk away from that. And they'd fuss at me. Oh, you just think you're better than everybody else. Uh, why? Well, Jezebel is why, right? I'm not hanging around Jezebel. You know, now I know it was a guy, but, you know, it's still a Jezebel spirit, you know, telling dirty jokes in church. Still a Jezebel spirit. Same, Je- same spirit, Jezebel from the Old Testament, right? Now, it's not the same Jezebel, but the same spirit, right, to be against God. You know, just because it's funny, you know, because, you know, it still could be funny even if it's, if it's crude. Uh, well, you know, you shouldn't laugh at it. Well, I'm not going not, not to be around long enough to laugh at it. But, uh, you know, the, they, they would gather a crowd and there'd be multiple people listening to them tell these dirty jokes. Uh, yeah, sorry, I, I hear. And they would say, oh, you just think you're better than everybody else. No, I just don't want to, you know, uh, lightning usually scatters. I just don't want to get struck, you know. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, it's just, it's not, it's important for who you hang around with. Amen. And I understand sometimes the Lord will have you go and be a help to people. But you've got to be careful because, you know, sometimes, well, I'm, I'm trying to help them out. Well, it seems like you're being influenced more than they're influencing you, right? If they're influencing you more than you're influencing them, then you're in the wrong crowd, amen? Sometimes, you know, you need to disciple people, right? Sometimes you need to help people along. But if you're not helping them progress in their spiritual walk, if they're only a drag on you, then you might want to question whether the Lord's really told you to do that if you just want to do it because you like, you know, the dirty jokes or whatever it is. You know, that's for you uh, to deal with the Lord. He told them to leave. He told them to repent, change direction. If you've been with Jezebel, change directions. Amen. That's how you're going to overcome. You're never going to overcome if you stay in the presence. Well, you know, I can stay and learn how to overcome. He told them to leave. Uh, and, and so and then he told them to hold fast. Remember, we went through all the things he told the, the church to hold fast uh, through the other apostles. He told them to hold fast that which is good. Prove everything and hold fast that which is good. Which, in other words, prove everything. Get rid of the ungood things. And hang on to the good things. Amen. He didn't say prove everything and hang on to everything. He said to prove everything and only hang on to the, that which is good. Sometimes you've got to let go of things that aren't good in your life. Whatever it is. Amen. Uh, and and that's, there, are, there are plenty of things in the word of God that's covered specifically. He talked about adultery here and fornication with, with, uh, with Jezebel. Uh, that's obviously uh, already addressed in the word of God. But there may be other things that you've got to let go. Remember uh, the book of Hebrews talks about. Uh, the weights and sins which do so easily beset us. Weights aren't necessarily a sin, uh, but they're a drag on your spiritual life. Amen? They're a drag on, on who you are. So, you know, and that, that depends on you, uh, whatever that is. You, you know, I told you uh, many years ago, the Lord told me to not, not get involved in video games, you know, for me personally, uh, because I would be the kind of person who would just be consumed by that. You know, I'd get to, you know, I'm at level 8,000. 8, well, how long did it take you to get to a level 8,000? Well, about 10 minutes a level. You know, that's 80,000 minutes, right? That's a long time, right? Uh, well, uh, the, now, is it, are all video games of the devil? Well, no, there probably are some that are of the devil. Uh, is it, it none of my business? If you want to play video, none of my business if you do that. But for me, the Lord told me not to do that. And so I don't do that, amen? Now, can I put that on you? That's, it's, that's not a thus saith the Lord. That's not from the scriptures, is it? So for me, 
that's a weight and a sin, right? It, it, it's a weight uh, it, uh, if I do it and if I stay doing it, then it becomes a sin because the Lord told me not to do it, amen? So now he told my pastor years ago to stop eating French fries. Uh, now, is there any book, chapter, and verse of not eating French fries? Is it a sin to eat a French fry? It's not a sin to eat a French fry. As far as I know, there's no sin. Now, some people, oh, you know, you can't eat that fried food. You know, it kill you, right? Uh, whatever, you know. Paul said, whatever you eat, as long as it's blessed and sanctified by the word of God in prayer, it's okay to eat. Isn't that what he said in 1 Timothy chapter 4? So I don't see anything, any, anything inherently wrong with French fry. I kind of like French fries every now and then. I personally like the little skinny, you know, shoestring French fries, you know, because I think they're the best, you know. Other people, they don't have as good a taste as I have. They like the big fat ones, you know, the, the, whatever, the steak fries, you know, those are disgusting. People love them, you know, but, you know, I don't know why you like those. But there's no book, chapter, and verse for that. So that's, that's that, for him, it's a weight, amen? Uh, and when, uh, then as soon as the Lord spoke it to him, then if he chooses to rebel against it, then, then it becomes a sin. So the, the, lots of weights that are holding you back, right? Uh, and you have to decide, you know, uh, prove, that, prove all things, and hold fast to that which is good. So there may be things you just got to give up in your life. That may not be, you know, now I would encourage you, if the Lord tells you to give up something, whatever it is, right? Uh, you know, uh, French fries or something like that. If that's not a thus saith the Lord from the word of God, then don't push that on somebody else. Don't, don't become, you know, the, the preacher against French fries because there's no book, chapter, and verse for that. So if the Lord tells you to do that, fine, but don't, don't be mad when somebody else eats a French fry in front of you. Oh, you ungodly person eat a French fry. What's wrong with you, you know? There's no, there's no book, chapter, and verse for that. Amen? Now, is a book, chapter, and verse for fornication and adultery? And esther? There is, right? Uh, but there's no, no book, chapter, and verse for, 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 uh, for French fries. And so, prove all things. Hold fast that, to that which is good. In other words, there are going to be some things when you prove out, Lord, is this thing helping me in my spiritual walk? No. Well, then, you, know, you might need to get rid of that. Amen? That's between you and the Lord for, for many of those things. Uh, he told them to hold fast the, the, the form of sound words. You know, some people uh, love to hear the Bible preached unless the Bible is preached, right? Well, I don't like that, you know, I, you know. Well, if it's sound words, then hold fast to that, amen? Well, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I had a fellow come by my church one time. He said, I've been to every church in town. He said, I can't find a single one that preaches what I want to hear. He said what he said. You know, isn't that funny? funny. You know, now someday he's going to stay before the Lord Jesus and he, he's going to get there and the Lord Jesus is going to look at him and just go, yeah, some, things, some people he's going to say things to. Some people are just going to go. Why? Because uh, he would go to one church and then have the form of, uh, of sound words. He'd go, that's not what I want to hear. And he'd leave. Uh, and he'd go to another church, you know. They'd give him the form of sound words. No, that's not what I want to hear. What was he looking? Uh, words that were not uh, sound. You know, oh, you all are wonderful. All is well, you know. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of crazy things that are being taught today that are not sound words, Right. Uh, and he said, hold fast the form of sound words. Uh, and, and, you know, everything that's preached ought to be found in the word of God and not just your opinion, not just your thoughts. It ought to be obvious in the word of God what is, what is being said. Uh, he said, hold fast to those things. Well, if he ho- told them to hold fast to those things, then that means that we have the opportunity to not hold fast to those things uh, and that, uh, uh, that we're not holding on to those things. You know, I can't tell you how many times, uh, you know, Chris has heard the same thing that uh, different people will come to the church and said, you know, I've learned more in the six months I've been here than all my Christian walk. Yeah. And then they'll walk out the door. Mm-hmm. Like, well, 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 what happened? Well, there was too many sound words, right? They just, they, well, they wanted to hear some other things that were itching. The Bible talks about itching ears, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we, we want to hear something else that tells me how wonderful I am. 
well, you know, you're a child of God that makes you wonderful already, all right? Amen? Uh, and so uh, he said, hold fast to the confidence. You know, if you're going to be a person of faith, you have to be a person of, uh, with confidence. Amen? Uh, if, if you have low confidence in your life, then you will have low faith in your life. Because the confidence gives you the ability to speak forth the, the faith of God. Uh, and so you have to be able to speak it with confidence. If you're unsure in your, in your faith, if you're unsure in the word of God, if you're unsure in the power of the, of the Holy Ghost, then you will be a person of low confidence. And you will not speak forth the word of God, the faith of God in your life. He said, hang on to it. Because uh, how many times will people try to do things that cause you to lose your confidence? You know, I had one person tell me that I'm a terrible teacher. You know, they, they could have said anything, you know, about me that they didn't like my haircut, they didn't like my ties I wear, you know, whatever. You know, who cares? But see, the, the devil loves to attack the very thing that God has called you to be and cause you to lose confidence in who you are because I'm called to be a teacher in the body of Christ. And so, you know, they yielded to the devil and tried to attack the very thing to get me to cause me to lose confidence. Well, maybe I'm not a good teacher. Maybe I'm not teaching well enough. Maybe I need to, to come up with more Greek and Hebrew words or something, you know, and, and be more flowery and, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, one person said, well, you know, the minister I like following, you know, he doesn't use notes. You know, he does everything, you know, by memory. Okay, fine. What's that got to do with anything, right? Uh, what, what were they doing? They were trying to attack the confidence, right? Because I've always been a note person. I've got notes. I've got notes all the way back to, to the mid-90s, right? Hundreds and hundreds of notes that, I, that, I, that amount notes of services that I've written over the years. I've got them. In fact, this is, this is uh, 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 message number 253 in the last, uh, what is that, uh, 26, 27 years, right? Message 253. Uh, that I've put together over the years, right? Uh, and, and, well, you know, you shouldn't do notes. Well, why, is it, why are they saying that? Because they're trying to attack the confidence that I have in the call of God upon my life, amen? I don't preach verbatim from my notes, but, they're, you know, uh, who cares if you have notes, right? Uh, do, do notes make you spiritual or not spiritual? They're irrelevant, right? Now, if I'm just reading them, right? Well, it's just uh, uh, step number three, keep his words to the end. Uh, next bullet, rewards of overcoming. Sub-bullet, number one. Give, now, if I read that, it'd be really boring, right? Uh, and so I don't do that, but, uh, but still, they're my notes, right? I don't care. If you don't like my notes, I mean, why would you have something against my notes? I don't know, you know. Uh, but but what, why are they doing it? Because the devil's always trying to attack your confidence, right? Who you, what are you called to do? Then have confidence in that. What, what are you called to be? Then have confidence in that. If that's who God called you to be, then, then that's fine. Amen. Have confidence in that. And hold the fat. You've got to hang on to it. Because people will attack it and try to get you to lose confidence. Oh, maybe I'm not really called. Maybe, maybe, I'm, not, maybe I'm really not supposed to do that after all. You know, uh, whatever you're called to do, you've been doing that since the day you, you took your first breath on the air, on the earth. Amen. Uh, and hold fast. Hold fast the profession of your faith. Speak words of faith. Amen. If you're speaking words of faith, that means you're not speaking words of doubt and unbelief. You know, how many times at church, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I hear just the church. Well, you know, you just never know what God's going to do. You know, I, you, you never know when your time's up, you know. Uh, and and um, if I hear, I mean, you say that, John, will pull your card because you know that's not, you know. We know what the Bible says, that, that he's promised us long life. Amen. Uh, that uh, with long life, I'll satisfy him. So a satisfying long life. Amen. Well, you know, you got to die something, right? So, uh, you know, that, that's not holding fast the profession of your faith. My Bible says that with long life, he'll satisfy me and show me his salvation. That's the profession of my faith. Amen. That's the way that I'm going to live until I'm satisfied. And then when I'm not satisfied, then, then I'll decide if I'm going to go home or not. Amen. Uh, so he, hang on to these things. 
Because all of these things, the devil's trying to take them out of your life. He's trying to get you to stop believing in the things that God's called you to do. He's trying to get you to stop saying what the Bible says about you. Uh, you know, the Bible says, uh, how many different times does the Bible say that, you're, that uh, you're the healed of God, that you have the right to be the healed of God? He paid a great price for you to be the healed of God. Uh, that's the profession of your faith. I'm the healed of God. That should be the profession of your faith. Uh, but the doctors, you know, they're trying to tell you that you're not going not gonna to make it. Uh, the people around you trying to tell you you're not going to make it. Well, you know, when you get older, things just start falling off. You know, you just can't help it. You know, you wait till you get older. I've, I had somebody tell me that one time in the church. Well, you just wait till you get older. You're going to be decrepit like me. Uh, well, you know, that's, that's tough, right? What are they trying to do? They're trying to attack the profession of my faith. For me to stop saying that I'm the healed of God. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue on with the profession of my faith. And so that's what he told the church at Thyatira to do. He said, if you're going to overcome, this is how you're going to overcome. Hold fast. Amen. He didn't say use the name of Jesus and, you know, uh, plead the blood of Jesus. He, he gave him specific things. Here's how you're going to overcome is hanging on to these things that I've told you to, to do. And the last thing he said, keep his words to the end. Do what the Bible says. Amen. You know, the, 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 uh, a lot of the church is always trying to find loopholes. Well, that, that, you know, uh, I mean, like the whole book of First John. Well, that's not written to the church even though it all talks about the beloved everywhere in the, in the Bible, talk about brothers uh, in, in that book there. Uh, it's clearly talking to the church. I mean, you know, uh, somebody with, with, with one eye and half sense would be able to tell that the book of 1 John is written to the church. Amen. Uh, and, but, but see, if you've got an agenda that I don't like to repent, then you've got to get rid of the book of 1 John because it tells you to repent, confess your sins. Amen. So, so we've got to get rid of the book, right? Well, why, why are they doing that? Because they're not, they don't want to keep his words to the end. The word of God should be the most important thing in your life. Amen. More than the presence of God, more than the power of God, because he said that uh, that his his word is even above his name. And so it's it's more valuable than the name of Jesus, because the, the name of Jesus, the power of the name of Jesus comes because of the word of God. He declared the name of Jesus to be the power of the earth. So it's his word that empowers the name of Jesus. It gives the 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 name of Jesus the authority to operate. Uh, uh, you know, when when uh, someone comes to your uh, house and, and they've got a badge or whatever well, what what gave you the authority to to wield that badge what gave you the, the, the authority is the words written in the law that says we have empowered uh the police or whoever it is to operate in this country and do to do whatever job they're tasked to do so so it's not it's not the badge or the 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 handgun on their hip that gives them the power uh it's the, the law, the word that was written in law that gave them the authority to operate. Now, the power in that is, is vested in their handgun or their taser or whatever, uh, but uh, it's the law, the word that came first that gave them power to do that. And so keep his words to the end. Don't let people say, well, that's not for us today. You ever hear people say that about the Bible? That's not for us today. That's always a dead giveaway that, oh, you, you're not keeping his words to the end. Amen. One, one minister said, well, you know, the Bible, that's a first century book. And we're not going to be, our lives in this century are not going to be dictated by what a first century book says. Well, it's really older than a first century book because it started about uh, 40 centuries ago. Uh, it actually, I guess, with Moses was about 40 centuries ago. So it's about a 40 century year old book. Uh, and yet it's still as relevant today as it ever was. Amen. It's still as accurate today that, that it ever was. Amen. Uh, and, and all this, you know, uh, all this stuff going on in our society. I think, you know, this month is in a, you know, a gay pride month, you know. Uh, well, it's been written against that for 40 centuries. Amen. Uh, so we're not going to celebrate sin. Uh, we're not mad at anybody, but we're not celebrating sin. Uh, and so, 
uh, we're, we're going to keep his words to the end. Amen. Now, who cares what society uh, is doing? Who cares what the, what the, the general uh, uh, winds blowing through society today? Because they change every, every year, right? Uh, if you think it's bad now, wait another year. So, so they'll come up. You know, they, sin is creative. They come up with creative ways to sin every year, right? Uh, next, next year to be sleeping with dogs and cats, right? And, and, uh, and that should be okay, right? Uh, because, you know, if you identify as a dog, then you should be able to sleep with the dogs, right? If you identify as a cat, then you should be able to sleep with the cats, right? Uh, and so they'll come up with crazy things and then, and then get mad at you because you think, well, that's crazy, right? <laughs> Why? Because they're trying to get you to stop keeping his words to the end, amen? Uh, and he said, you know, the, the, this church here, he said, you know, if you, if you overcome, then he's going to give you power over the nations. You know, there, there, there will be a time, and we don't know all the details about it. There's not a lot of details in the Word of God, but there, there, there seems to be at some point in time, or there will be at some point in time, where there still needs to be leadership in the earth. And he's going to give that, those leadership positions to those who overcame. Uh, and, and this church at Thyatira, he told them, if you overcome, then you will be, uh, have power over the nations, and you will rule with a rod of iron. So some of this uh, implies some of the times going on between the, the, uh, the time of tribulation when there will still be people who don't believe in the Lord. And he's going he's to give them the morning star, which is really just the Lord Jesus. Uh, and so, uh, and he said, if you don't overcome, that there's going to be great tribulation. Uh, and so we need, to, uh, we need to be overcoming because uh, even though he said that in, in John 16, 33, that in this life you shall have tribulation, uh, and that's, that's true. But what you don't want to do in your life is where you're the cause of the tribulation or if you open the door for the tribulation to come into your life. You ever shot yourself in the foot? You ever done things that, to bring uh, grief upon your own life? Uh, well, that, that's, the, that's what he's telling the church here, that if you don't overcome, if you don't do the things he said, then you're going to be opening yourself up to great tribulation. Well, you don't want to be the cause of... Because if you're the cause of great tribulation coming into your life, then, then the first step to getting out of that great tribulation is to repent. Well, Lord, I was the cause of this coming into my life. Amen. Now, some people, they're kind of martyrs, right? They're, they love to be martyrs. Oh, I've made my bed hard. I'm going to lie in it, you know? You know, he never said, you made your own bed, you're going to lie in it. He said, if you made your own bed and it's lumpy and hard and, and uh, uncomfortable, he said, repent. He always tells them to repent. And then get rid of the bed and get your new bed. You know, it's foolish to say, I've made my bed hard, I'm going to lie in it, you know. Who cares if you did it yesterday? Who cares if you opened up the door? Close the door, repent, and then move on with your life, amen? Don't, don't, don't be a martyr and, and, oh, it's my life is so hard, I brought it up on myself. Well, then be a person of faith and say, yeah, I did all that, but the Lord's got me out of it. Don't, don't, don't just give up and say, this is the way it's going to be all my life. Fight it till your last breath on the air, on, on the earth, amen? If you did it, own it uh it's lord i did it i opened up the door to great tribulation it's my fault that i didn't overcome uh you told me to overcome you told me how to overcome i chose not to do it now here i am with this great tribulation this is on me it's not on anybody else nobody made me do it nobody told me to do it it's all on me uh and i ask you to forgive me you know that th those words those words are easy for me to say but for some christians those are impossible to say some christians have the hardest time owning up to anything they've ever done well, you know, uh, sorry, sorry if I made you mad. Why are you sorry if you made me mad? People do, you know, I don't know how many times, even my own family says, uh, uh, sorry if we made you mad. You didn't make me mad. You know, it's, uh, and so why are you saying, so you're not sorry for what you did, you're sorry that I was mad at what you did. So why are you apologizing for me? You know, you're, 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 there's no need for you to apologize for me. 
besides that, nobody makes me mad anyway. If I get mad, that's on me, right? I get mad because I want to get mad. I don't get mad because of what you say or do. I get mad because mad's in me. And if mad's not in me, then I don't get mad. Amen? Uh, and so uh, don't ever say, uh, those are really lame uh, uh, attempts at, at repentance. Yeah. Sorry if I made you mad. Yeah. Why don't you say sorry for what you did? Yeah. Right? Sorry that I did this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, sorry that I said those words. Sorry that I burned the biscuits or whatever, you know, I mean, uh, if you need to repent of that, you know, I mean, I don't know. Is there a sin to burn biscuits? I don't think there's a sin to burn biscuits, right? And if there's not a sin to burn biscuits, you shouldn't apologize anyway, right? Uh, sorry, if the biscuits aren't good, well, maybe you should grow up and say thank you for making biscuits for me anyway, right? Uh, and so, but uh, uh, people have a hardest time just doing honest repenting. Well, I was just doing what I was told. I didn't mean to say that. Uh, you know, I couldn't help it. You know, those are all excuses trying to remove guilt out of your own life without repenting. Own everything you do. If you did it, if you said it, you know, apologize. You know, uh, I apologize for saying that and I'll ask you to forgive me. You don't have to say, well, you started it. What's that got to do with anything, right? Uh, that's just the lamest, the lamest excuse, amen? Because we got to learn how to, how to repent successfully on this earth because you're going to stand before the Lord Jesus someday and he's going to ask you about things that you didn't repent about. Hey, what about that? Lord, it wasn't my fault. Just not going to work with the Lord. Amen. And so, um, sorry, so he said, you know, if you don't overcome, there's going to be great tribulation. Uh, and that, that, that is where we've opened the door up because we refuse to, to repent. Amen. You know, repentance is a good, healthy thing to do in your life. Amen. If the Lord brings something to your remembrance, you know, the thing about repentance in, that I've observed with the Lord is he has told me many times to repent of things, many times. But every time he does it, he doesn't come to condemn me. He comes to help me. He'll show me what I've done. He'll show me the the consequences of what I've done. And sometimes it'll break your heart realizing how much you've hurt somebody. Uh, You know, a word that you didn't think was a big deal that that caused somebody grief and torment in their life. Amen. Uh, And and he will show you those things so that you can repent. And and you should go. uh, and, And if he tells you to go and repent, Go and repent and own all of it. Don't say, well, I didn't mean to, or, you know, I was just having a bad day, or I was hungry, or I was tired, or, you know, I couldn't find my slippers, or, you know, don't make up excuses. Just say, you know, I did that, and I'd like to apologize for doing that. Uh, that's, that's fairly rare. Uh, most of the time I hear, you know, I had somebody who, who persecuted me for years, years, publicly in church many times say things. And, and, he, and he finally, he said, he said uh, if I've ever done anything to hurt you, if, like what do you mean if you know full well what you've done over the years and how you've caused me grief and tribulation over if so what's he saying i really didn't i don't think i did but you know just in case well he knew he did but see he didn't want to own it and he he said if i've ever done anything to offend you you know i apologize he and then he said i was only doing what i was told so in other words i'm not responsible for anything i've done in my life it's somebody else's fault number one you know uh, it's on you because if you're so touchy, you know, I hurt your feelings. That's on you, not on me. And number two, I'm just doing what I'm told, so it's their fault. Well, well who else tried to point their finger to somebody else if that was their fault? Who's the first one to ever do that? It was Adam, right? He said, it's that woman you gave me. Yeah. <laughs> How well that work out for Adam to push the blame on somebody else? No, the, the Lord said, uh, from the sweat of your brow, uh, you're going to be uh, planting seed the rest of your life. The sweat of your brow. That's on you. That's not on, on Eve. He dealt with Eve, didn't he? But he dealt with Adam also. In fact, he, he went, he, uh, Adam went to Eve. Eve went to, the, went to the serpent. The Lord went to the serpent and went back to Eve and went back to Adam. 
you know, by the time you get to the serpent, Adam's like, good. The attention's no longer on me. I'm free to go. Uh, you know, he starts walking off. The Lord said, not yet. I got to deal with these old folks. I'll be right back to you. That, that's the long delay of, of him correcting you. That, that's got to be torture, right? And so, uh, so the Lord dealt with Adam. Uh, so so uh, when he told the church at Thyatira to repent, what do you think he's telling us to do? Then we got to repent, right? Uh, and he said, uh, if you're going to overcome, then there's going to be times in your life when you, when you need to repent. And repenting is not hard. And it doesn't, you know, if you feel like if, if, if I have to apologize, it makes me look bad and it diminishes me in the sight of somebody else. That is somebody who's trying to, that, that's the, the thoughts of the devil trying to, you, trying to get you to let go of sound words. When he said to repent, he said to repent. Uh, and, he, and if you repent, you should always own all of your repentance and not bring anybody else in on it and not uh, uh, try to excuse or to, to make uh, a reason why you're repenting. Just, I did it. Uh, you know, and every time the Lord tells me to repent, I always say, Lord, I did it. I chose to do it. Nobody made me do it. I always say those three things. Lord, I did it. You know, uh, I chose to do it. Nobody made me do it. Uh, and see, that way I, I own all of it. That way I get all the, all the forgiveness. Amen. Because if it's somebody else's fault, then he's got to go forgive them and leave me all by myself. Uh, and so I want to get all the forgiveness I can get from that. Amen. Because I want to be, get everything back the way that it's supposed to be. Uh, and, and so... I don't know what happened to our time here there. So, um, uh, but we'll, we'll read, read a few verses here. So, th- so that was the, the church at Thyatira there. Uh, and then uh, we've got to uh, talk about the church at, at uh, Sardis. Now this church, it's interesting because all the other churches up to now, the first four churches, he always told them the list of things they did good first. And then he said, you've got some other things to straighten up. This one, he didn't do that. So maybe, you know, I don't, he doesn't say why, but maybe the weight of their things they did wrong was greater than the weight of the things they had done right, you know. Because later on, we get to the church at Laodicea, and, and, and um, you know, he couldn't find anything good to say about them. Uh, and so here, it starts in chapter 3, verse 1. It says, And unto the angel of the church at Sardis, write these things, saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. That's tough right there, right? How many, how many people think, I, I am so, I'm so alive, look at me? And, and in reality, they're dead. Now, the word, obviously, he's not saying they're dead physically because he's talking to them, right? So they're not dead physically. So what does he mean? Well, we'll, we'll talk about that as we go along a little further. But uh, there is a death in the word of God that, that means living without power. And that's what this is talking, talking about right here. Look at us, we're so wonderful. Like, but where's your power? You know, where's the power of overcoming in your life? Oh, we don't have any power, you know, but we're alive. Be like us. Uh, He said, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain uh, that that are ready to die. So uh, they they uh, they said they were alive. But Jesus said, you really have no power. He said, but there are some areas where you still have a little bit of power left. Uh, And and he said, uh, he said, be strengthen those things. Right. So, you know, if you've got a crop and 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 most of the crop has died and you've got a, just a few plants left, you've got to go and, and really take care of those few plants that are alive so that something so that you can get some kind of fruit uh, out of your life there. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain. They that are ready to die. So there there's areas in their life where they're about to lose all the power of God. Uh, and, and he said, you've got to be careful about those things. 
Uh, and he said, uh, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. You know, that'd be really tough for the Lord Jesus to say that to you. Now, now he, he wrote this to a church, right? This is not just some ancient words written to a church that doesn't apply to us. If he, if he went to a church and said this, then all churches need to be aware of these words and to check in our own selves, Lord, do we fall into any of these categories, right? So you always got to be careful of, well, that's not written for me. Uh, if it's written to the church, who's it written for? It's written for us, right? So are there any things uh, in your life that uh, the Lord has not found your works to be perfect? And then he said, uh, remember. You know, several of the churches he told them, remember. Uh, you know, and that's one of the things I'd observe, especially with, with uh, young, zealous, uh, prideful Christians they forget from whence they came. Remember he told the Ephesians, remember from whence you came, right? Remember. You know, that, that's one reason why you'll hear me mention folks like Brother Hagen, you know, Lester Sumrall, T.L. Osborne, you know, John Osteen. I remember from whence I came. I remember the things that have been spoken to me. And much of the, much of the young crowd, well, we need to forget all those old dead guys, right? Just remember, you know, the folks that are alive today. Well, I mean, the folks that are alive today should be, should be remembering those things that were spoken to us in years past. You know, it's amazing to me if you go just to your average, you know, Christian who believes in some of the power of God, maybe not everything, but you know, the people who believe in healing or the name of Jesus. You know, the, 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 the understanding of those doctrines has been given to us, granted to us by men of old. You know, really, Brother Hagen probably produced more revelation in the area of faith and healing and, and overcoming than, than uh, most ministers in the last century. Uh, probably most ministers really in, in, in the New Testament, uh, as far as uh, since the word of God was completed, uh, the Lord just gave them a, a great wealth of revelation. And much of the church believes that. Much of the church believes in the name of Jesus, the power of the name of Jesus, you know, the, the power of healing. Uh, and yet they refuse to remember that that came from somebody else, right? The revelation of that came from through the hands of somebody like Brother Hagin. And they get mad at you because you mentioned Brother Hagin's name. Brother Hagin, Brother Hagin, Brother Hagin, right? <laughs> I'm going to say it again, right? Because that makes you mad. I'm going to say it again, right? Why? Because I'm going to remember these things. I'm going to remember the, the revelation. You know, I don't worship anybody. You know, well, you worship him. You, you know, one, one person told me, you, you say Brother Hagin's name more than Jesus. Like, are you counting? I mean, you got like a logbook. Can you show me your logbook? I mean, I, I, how would you know that, right? I, because if you say something that, that bothers you, that's all you ever hear. Well, the thing that's you need to grow up, right? Because if, if me saying something bothers you, you might want to grow up, right? Repent. But, uh, but he said, Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and what? And heard. So did we hear things from, from T.L. Osborne? Did we hear things from John Osteen? So what did he tell us to do? Remember. Amen. He didn't say remember and uh, hear those things that you read, right? Which you're supposed to remember those things because he talked about his word in other places. But it's also good to hear, remember the things that you've heard. Amen. See, the, the young, impetuous, zealous crowd is always trying to forget the things that were heard so they can really take all credit for the things they know. Look at me, I, I know all these things. I take no credit. I mean, 99% of what, I, what you ever hear me preach has come from somebody else. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't care. That doesn't bother me a bit. Well, you know, then, then we don't need to pay you anything. Well, I mean, if you feel that way, you know, then, then go somewhere else. That somebody's got all this revelation, right? I mean, I don't know how much more revelation you get than what we've already been told. I'm sure there's some out there. And, you know, there are things that the Lord has had me to add to the, the fathers of faith that we've gone beyond what they've said and added to things, but not in the sense of we've thrown everything they've said and we've started from scratch. 
Nobody's doing that. There's not a single Christian in, in alive today that's, that has gotten everything know, they know but from their own studying. Uh, in fact, I, I know we've covered this in healing school, but uh, you know, uh, years ago I was studying uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 about Paul's thorn in the flesh. And, and you know, I started thinking, well, let, let's, let's see where else this is used. And I went to the Old Testament, found it was used, and that phrase was actually used multiple times. And in and, and reading all the context of that, you come to the conclusion that the thorn of the flesh is always talking about people. That people are the thorns in your flesh. You ever had people that were a thorn in your flesh? Well, every time that that phrase is talking about, it's always talking about people. And I thought, man, nobody else has ever come up with that before. I am so smart. Look how much I know. God's given me all this revelation. You know, people should just come bow down at my feet because I know so much, right? I didn't really go that far, but you know. Uh, but, you know, you think, wow, this is revelation. Nobody else has said this before. And then years later, I'm reading F.F. Uh, F. Bosler's book, Christ the Healer, and, and it was written 100 years ago, and he, and he said that exact same thing. That's talking about people. Like, wow, you know, I hope nobody else found out about this because I had it copyrighted that this is my revelation. Nobody else come up with this. And he wrote it 100 years ago. 100 years ago. Uh, it would be 100 years in 2023, right? This is when he, when he published the book in, in 1923, which means he had to say it before then, right? Uh, and so it wasn't new revelation. Amen. It was old revelation. Uh, and if I had heard somebody else say that before, uh, I'd have been a lot more up to speed on that. Uh, and he says, uh, uh, we'll just read the rest of this, uh, the verses here, and then we'll go for today. And he said, remember, uh, he, said, hold, he said, hold fast uh, and repent. Uh, if therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which is not defiled the garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh the, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. I will not blot out his name uh, out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. And he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So notice he didn't say uh, hear what the Spirit says only to this church. He said to the church is plural. So are we part of the church's group? We are part of the church's group. So who is he saying this to? Saying this to me, to you, right? So if he's saying this to me and you, it seems like we should pause and make sure that we're covering all the bases here, right? Uh, and so we'll finish up right there for now. We'll come back and we'll look at a little bit more detail about the things that he said to straighten up and how to overcome, amen? Uh, and, but one of the things he told him to overcome is you remember, remember, amen? Uh, don't ever let other Christians say, well, I can't believe you, you ever talk about that old dead guy, you know, whoever it is, right? Whatever dead guy we're talking about, or dead woman, right? There's plenty of um, women of faith that are of great value to our faith, amen? And, and if, they, if they try to diminish uh, uh, churches that, that believe in, in following after the uh, faith of our forefathers, then they have forgotten. And if they have forgotten, then they, then they never read anything the Lord told them to, to do to overcome. So if you're going to overcome, one of the ways you're going to overcome is to remember from whence thou came. Amen. Remember the things that were spoken that you should have heard. Amen. Uh, and so why do you think the Lord has us uh, even today repeat things that Smith Wigglesworth said, you know, a hundred years ago so that we can remember? Because if the Spirit of God gave that revelation to him, it still is real and active today. You know, and he's not obligated to repeat himself. That means we have to go find out what these uh, uh, men and women of faith have said before us and find out the words of faith and remember those words of faith. Amen. They're to our advantage because all those words of faith from those men and women of the old are just revelation of what the word of God says. Uh, and the revelation came from the spirit of God. So if it came from the spirit of God, 
why wouldn't we want to know that? Amen. I think it's foolishness to, to act like, well, we should get it all on our own. I've had people tell me that. We should just get every, all your revelation from the Word of God only. Really? Then we need to rip out Revelation chapter 3, right? And probably chapter 2 too, right? Because uh, we, we, we're not allowed to remember those things which were spoken. We're only allowed to remember those things which were written. Uh, and so uh, it's just, uh, it, I don't know, it's, people come up with the dumbest things in the world to, to, to be against in the church, right? Well, we don't like that. We'll grow up. You know, uh, you know uh, if it's not revelation, then throw it out. He said, uh, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. Amen. Uh, and so we'll pick up uh, our, our friends uh, Sardis here. Uh, remember, he started out with bad first and good. So they're not on the, they're, they're really on the naughty list, right? The other ones are kind of on the good list, you know, with a few bad things. Look, Sardis is kind of on the naughty list, you know, and he's tell, he said, you're dead. Uh, you got to straighten up. Uh, that's pretty tough, right? Uh, but uh, uh, you ever, you ever uh, seen a dead church? Uh, it's tough right there, amen? Uh, in fact, uh, Brother Hagin talked about churches like that that would say things like, well, if, you know, if you don't believe everything we believe, you're going to die and go to hell. Uh, and he said, church like that will have the word Ichabod written over the top of it, which means the glory of God has, has gone, has left. And that church, a church like that is a church that's dead. Uh, and they don't even know they're dead because uh, they right here. They said, you, you have a name that you're alive, but you're really dead. That's the saddest thing in the world. Oh, we're alive. It's like, you're really dead. You know, I mean, have you checked a pulse lately? No. Well, check a pulse, you know, just like Beep. that's all you're going to hear. Right. From certain <laughs> churches. Uh, and they don't even know it. Uh, he, he said, in case you didn't know, you're not alive, right? And he didn't mean to die, dead spiritually because he's talking to the church, right? Uh, but dead without power. And we'll, so we'll look at some more of that later because the, the epistles have some things to say about this that it will be helpful for us to learn about, well, how do you avoid that? Well, we'll find out what, what uh, Paul and the other writers of the epistles gave us some more insight in that area, amen? So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we thank you for the word of God. Father, we thank you for the instructions you gave to your church to remember, Father, those things which we have heard. Father, we'll not forsake the faith of our fathers. We'll remember, Father, the things that were spoken and said, Father, to build our faith upon the revelation that you gave as the a, as a head of the church by the words of the Holy Spirit, Father. We'll not forget them. We will allow them to speak to us, to help us and assist us in overcoming in our lives, Father. We have the capacity every day to overcome. We have the ability and the right and the freedom, Father, to overcome in every area of our life to live above tribulation, to live above uh, uh, destruction and death, Father, in our lives. We have the ability and the right to live a life of faith and a life of life, Father, to, to be pleasing unto you. And so, Father, we choose to do that as an act of our faith. We choose to do that, Father. And if you instruct us and encourage us, Father, to, to repent, we will, we will gladly do it, Father, quickly, uh, and, Father, by faith. And we thank you for those things, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? He is good all the time. Amen. We appreciate you coming out today. And um, uh, let's, let's get ready to receive uh, this uh, morning's tithes and offerings. And I was just uh, meditating on a verse the other day. And I just wanted to read it. I just, the Lord uh, um, was just prompting about this particular verse here. Uh, and, and we know this verse. It's in Malachi chapter 3. It says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. And I believe the storehouse is your church, right? Bring all the tithes, because that's what the storehouse was in the Old Testament. It was a temple and a tabernacle. Bring, all, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. Uh, and the Lord just brought me about, about that phrase, that there may be meat in mine house. 
And th there's two, there's two uh, aspects of this that are that help for us to know. And what, what he said, that there may be meat in my house. So if you go in the Old Testament, you know, the, the primary intention of the tithes and the offering was to, was to really provide um, the Levites a means to, to live, right? Because there were 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, 11 tribes got uh, an inheritance in the promised land, but the Le tribe of Levite, they didn't get any inheritance of the, of the land, right? So they were dependent upon the tithes and offerings of the rest of the nation in order to, to, to eat, right? That's what he said, there may be meat in my house. So there was a very practical reason that the Lord required the church to give tithes and offerings so that the ministry can, can eat, right? And nothing wrong with people eating, is there, right? Well, they shouldn't eat. Really? Well, how long is that going to last? Um, and so, well, you know, I shouldn't have to do that. Well, then, you know, there won't be meat in his house. So it was, it was very practical, right? Sometimes we, we hyper-spiritualize these things uh, to beyond uh, what the Lord of God says. Uh, but the first and primary intention of bringing tithes and offerings is so that the ministers have the ability to eat without having to go and, and plow the ground and plant the North 40 and weed the garden, you know, and, and uh, feed the cattle and, and do all that stuff so that they can spend the time in the word of God in prayer to present the teaching and instruction to the rest of the nation. That was the primary purpose. But also when he said meat, it's also, you remember meat in the New Testament is talking about the strong word of God. Uh, and part of the value of bringing tithes and offerings is, again, so that the ministry has the ability to, to develop and to present the strong meat of the word of God to the people. So that if our lives are conflicted and our lives have to be spent doing a bunch of natural things, then we can't bring the meat that we need to the body of Christ. Amen. Uh, and so, so it's still a very practical purpose of it. Uh, and, and so that should be part of your desire as you bring the tithes and offerings into the church. Lord, I want there to be meat in our church. I, I, want, I want the pastor to be well-fed, and it's obviously I'm well-fed, right? Uh, but we want the pastor to, be, to have the ability and the time and the, the, uh, uh, the capacity to bring meat into our lives so that we can eat well. So if I eat well, then you have the ability to eat well spiritually, amen? And so that, that's, that's valuable, amen? And it's helpful to us. And so we just want to thank the Lord for uh, you all being faithful to do that. Amen. So let's pray and thank the Lord for the offering today. So, Father, we thank you uh, for the opportunity to gather together as your people. We thank you, Father, it's an honor to give into your kingdom. And so, Father, we thank you that as we give, that your word says that, that with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into our bosom. And so, Father, we thank you that you're faithful to do your word. And we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll come ahead, Mr. Jared, and, and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And, um, and I want to give you an update. We haven't updated the, uh, uh, the picture today, but um, uh, we owed uh, about $8,900 on our um, uh, uh, plumbing building there. And uh, I sent the payment today for $8,900 to pay off that building there. So uh, we probably got a few cents to pay off because, you know, there's always like, you know, interest or whatever. So, but basically it's paid off. Uh, and uh, when we get the letter that says it's paid off, we'll bring it in. And sometimes we have people have uh, uh, burning, you know, uh, they burn. Uh, I, we're not going to burn up anything. And it's just, you know, it's just a piece of paper, right? Uh, the Lord's faithful. Amen. We're not going to burn anything, you know, uh, hellfire and brimstone. That's for another discussion right there. Right. Uh, but anyway, we thank God for your faithfulness. Amen. And giving and, and um, uh, we'll see what the Lord would have us to do after that. Amen. Uh, we've got some things we're working on, and we'll let you know as, uh, as uh, the Lord leads us in that area. So be blessed. Don't forget we have healing school today at, at 3 o'clock. Have a wonderful week in the Lord, and you're dismissed.